I'm going to be doing something a little different um, this morning in the, the message in that um, just uh, really felt God this week saying, hey, a bit of a, a change of plans in the, um, uh, the message. And so whereas we were uh, going to be working our way uh, through the last bit of, uh, of Amos, we're going to start that back, um, I think, next week. And we've got just three more messages in, in Amos to finish off that series. And so if you haven't been reading that, uh, you've got a little catching up to do, but it's easy, uh, pretty easy read with some great challenges in there for us as a church through the book of Amos. And so uh, if you read up, uh, or you might as well just read through the, uh, the rest of the book of Amos uh, for next week as we finish up uh, chapters uh, 8 and 9 and work our way through the end of, of Amos uh, next week. This week I'm going to be reading through uh, Mark chapter 12, uh, just verses 28 to 34. Mark chapter 12, verse 30, uh, 28 to 34. We'll look at the passage in just a moment. It's, it's a challenge for us all um, to love God more and to learn to love God more. In fact, it's one of the most essential things in the gospel. Jesus says it's one of the most important things. It's the most important thing that we can do. And so we'll talk about that a bit more. Now, we recognize today is Father's Day. And I know it's another one of those American holiday things that's thrust on you for commercial stuff, I guess. Uh, I think it was probably President Coolidge or something in the early 1900s that made this uh, a day, but it wasn't in September, so I don't know where the September Father's Day comes. Maybe Americans can't be blamed for that. I don't know, because Father's Day is actually in, in June uh, in America, and so uh, I always confuse my dad every year by saying Happy Father's Day when it's September. He's like, well, thanks, you're a few months late, but... Uh, I, <laughs> Get a get a few bit mixed up, and the, one of the first the, the only time we came back as a whole family to America was probably 2011 and uh, 2010, and uh, we arrived the weekend of like Father's Day. We arrived, I think it was a Friday night or something, a Friday evening. Father's Day is on the Sunday. I had no idea, but thank goodness for Facebook because all of a sudden on Facebook everyone's saying Happy Father's Day to their dads. I'm thinking this is weird. Why are they saying, I'm like, oh, it's Father's Day in America. So I rushed out to the shop, and, and Dad had no idea that we had forgotten Father's Day. So um, <laughs> it worked out really well. But I've noticed that Father's Day is different from Mother's Day, because Mother's Day in churches everywhere is about praising mom for uh, their, their sacrifices, for the love, for the cuddles, uh, remembering their gentleness, or maybe uh, the care of your mom. When I grew up, there was actually an old hymn, in fact, I still sing it a lot of the country churches today, called, If I Could Hear My Mother Pray Again. Okay? Now, there's a sentimental song for you. It has nothing to do about God. It's all about moms. Uh, but the last bit of the chorus says, It would mean so much to me if I could hear my mother pray again. Okay? So that's a, a tearjerker for you. Yes, it's, it's a bit of a country kind of uh, rhythm. And Mother's Day is often all about the sacrifices and grace and, and praising uh, moms, which is wonderful, and we should do that. Father's Day, oftentimes fathers uh, get a lecture from the, uh, the pulpit, uh, the, the podium, on how they should be better dads and how they should not slack off as much. And, um, and so it's like, you're good, but please do better for next year, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, traditionally, men are often thought of as being either away at work or hiding in the garage or the man cave, as you may call it. Uh, men are known as being uh, irresponsible, uh, emotionally distant. Um, sometimes, this is not for me, but sometimes dads are known as just being another child that the wife has to raise. 
or being more interested in sports or the cars or both than anything else. Now, dads do do some fun things. I've got a, a few pictures here. Dads do some fun stuff. Hey, they, they play with the kids. Now, I know you don't have this on your screen. Sorry about this. But one, we've got a picture of a dad pushing a kid in a box down a hill. Okay? So dads do some fun stuff. Uh, one, we've got some kids bouncing on a ball. And, of course, the dad's right there with them bouncing on the ball. Again, he's just another big kid. And uh, the other, uh, the dad is laying on his back with the kids up, uh, up on the air, you know, with the kid flying. Okay? So dads do some fun stuff. Dads often, often do some crazy stuff as well. So if we look at the um, next one, we've got one where a, a, a dad has got his baby's face and squished it up in his hands so it looks really cool, uh, made his kid look funny. Um, the other, a, a dad has taken a piece of a watermelon and he's cut eyes out and put it over his kid's he head like a helmet and made a, a cool helmet for him. So dads often use their kids for their own entertainment and to entertain their friends. And... Um, Dads can use their kids just to show how strong they are. And so we've got one dad standing in the middle uh, holding a kid on each arm by his, by his ankles, uh, by our ankles, and holding a kid in each arm. Uh, dads do some fun stuff. Dads also do some crazy stuff. Um, but most of all, I'll say dads, um, dads overall really love their kids. And um, there's also some pictures, which you can't see again. Uh, one is uh, of a dad who's just has fallen asleep with a baby uh, on, his, on his chest, um, one is just a, a dad standing there and a little girl has come, his daughter has come up and just wrapped around his leg uh, where she feels safe. And the other is just a dad uh, reaching down and holding his, his child's hand. Um, moms and dads are very different, but I have found overall uh, dads love their children with all that they've got. They sacrifice for them daily. They strive to give their kids more than they had. And they strive to show them love in their own special way. Now, we hear all the time from the world that um, how to be a better father, maybe do more housework or more time communicating with kids, more time with the wife, uh, or modeling love for the kids, more time on holidays, like intentional time with the dads or with the kids. And I think all of these are, are important things. But today, uh, I want to say, boys and guys, just relax, uh, because I'm not going to try to tell you to do more housework or to take more holidays or to get out of the man cave. Um, in fact, I think if we just listen to the Bible's challenges for us, you can learn to be a better dad than any sort of self-help book could ever dream up. And so uh, I'm just going to read for you Luke chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. Uh, listen to this. Beginning of verse 28, it says, Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, uh, beginning of verse 28. Oh, sorry. Helps to read the right one, yeah. Mark chapter 12, yeah. Let's read the right passage, yeah. Mark chapter 12, uh, verse 28 says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. 
Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and that there's no other before, uh, but him. To him, to love him with all of your heart, with all of your understanding, with all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Let me just pray. Dear God, I thank you for the precious gift of your word, and I pray that you guide us through it now. Challenge us together, Lord, to learn to love you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. According to Jesus, the greatest thing we can do is love. Love God and love others. For love of God, about the love of God, Jesus uses a great passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Now, the Jews here in, in this, this reading had been um, debating a bit about uh, the law and, uh, and grace and how they're meant to live. And so they had Jesus there and they said, right, we can kind of get him. We'll see, which, which of these Ten Commandments, Jesus, do you think is the most important? You see, the Jews at the time lived by the law. In fact, that was the most important thing for them was that they followed the Ten Commandments. They followed the law of Moses. And in fact, the law seemed to restrict everyone. There was no grace, there was no mercy because people were just trying to live by the letter of the law all the time. Jesus says, now you need to be, not to be bound by the law, but to be free to love. And the Jews followed the Ten Commandments which are found in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and, and Exodus chapter 20. They call it the law of Moses or the Mosaic law. And these are the guidelines for life. In fact, I mean, you, you could kind of say it's kind of how to be a, a good dad or a good person in, in ten simple steps. Serve no other God but God alone. Don't have any idols or any uh, graven images. Do not misuse God's name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear any false testimony against anyone. And do not covet others' belongings. Jesus says these ten rules or guidelines can be summed up in two things. Love for God, which actually covers the first five commandments, and love for others, which covers the second five commandments. Jesus says in getting so caught up in trying to follow the law, you're missing the point. The point in these first five rules was about your love for God and God alone. And the point of these second five were to express our love for others. And in love for others, Jesus says, we are meant to love our neighbor as ourself. Now, my neighbors growing up were Bessie and Sturgill. And Bessie and Sturgill uh, were living in the same little house at the end of our driveway uh, for all of my life. In fact, they were not only neighbors all of my life, uh, but they were there the whole time when my dad was being raised as a, uh, a boy on that same farm. And so we knew those neighbors really well. Uh, they milked their cows, and I, I used to walk out as a boy and get, um, get the jugs of milk and bring them to uh, my grandparents' house and my house. 
um, every day. We, we knew the neighbors really well. Today, in today's society, we often don't even know who's next door, or at least not very well. Today, we often don't know people in our church, or at least not very well, or in our workplace, or at least not very well. And so, when it says we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, what is Jesus talking about here? Well, Jesus was also asked in a, uh, another uh, part of the Gospels, who is my neighbor? Because Jesus said we're supposed to love our neighbor. We're supposed to care for our neighbors. We're supposed to love others. And Jesus, they said to Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told them this story. He said there was a man walking on the road who was beaten nearly to death, and he was robbed and left for dead. And then one of your Jewish priests came by, and he walks up and he sees this man who's lying there bleeding on the road, and he walks on the other side of the road, past the man, and just keeps on going. And then a Levite, who was a teacher of the, the law for the Jews, came down the road, and he again, he saw this same man lying on the side of the road, bleeding and crying out in pain. And this Levite, this keeper of the law and teacher of the law, saw the man in distress, and he as well walked to the other side of the road and passed on by. And then a man came by who was from Samaria, a Samaritan. Now, the Samaritans hated the Jews, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans were Jews who had, they, they were called half-breeds by the Jews. They had intermixed with other religious groups and other uh, cultural groups. They weren't kind of the true Jews. And so they lived in Samaria there, and they were kind of the outcast to the Jews. But this man from Samaria comes walking along, and he sees this Jew who was down and beaten on the ground. And the, the Samaritan runs up, and he does what, what any good person should do. He runs up, and he, he says, Mate, are you all right? And he picks him up, and he starts bandaging his wounds, and he puts him on his, on his ride, and he takes him to the inn. And he says, look, I've got to go away for a few days, but here's some money. Care for him and look after this man, and if I owe you anything when I get back, I'll take care of him. And then Jesus looks to these Jews he's talking to, his disciples and others, and he says, out of any of these in this story, who was the neighbor? Now, they didn't like it, but they kind of had to say it was the Samaritan. And I can see Jesus going, sorry, what did you say? It was a Samaritan. <laughs> Wait, what was that? It was a Samaritan. Okay, I admit it. He was the one that showed mercy. And Jesus said, to show mercy is to show that we care. It's not just to show the people that we love that we care. It's not just to show that the people who are good to us that we care. It's to reach out to anyone who's in need, to reach out to others and to show grace and mercy, even when it's not easy. We are to care, not just for our pastors, not just for our ministry leaders, not just for our families, not just for our friends, not just for our physical neighbors, but for the outcasts, or for any and everyone who may be in need. Now, we're all in need at different times, aren't we? We are to reach out for one another. Our love that we receive from God and our love for God should affect the way we love others. It should naturally affect the way we love 
family. It should naturally affect the way we love in our marriage. It should naturally affect the way we love others. People will know that we are Christians by our love. Now, Jesus says we're to love others like we love ourselves. And we look after ourselves pretty well, don't we? Are we loving others, giving to others, caring for others like that? We make sure we don't go hungry, don't we? We make sure we're, we're well fed. We groom ourselves. We look after our hair. We look after ourselves. Society says our priority should be job, maybe kids, wife, sports, cars, man cave. For some of you, man cave is up the top. God's somewhere down the list. The way God says things work, for, work best, so we put him first, then the wife, then the kids, then the neighbors. Love for God, love for others. We get this in any other sort of order than God, than others. Then everything seems to get out of whack. I've known pastors who served their church faithfully for years upon years, and they've lost their family due to never being around. Verse 33 says that love of God is, is greater than any sort of religious practice. Jesus says, you've got it right. To love God is better than any sort of sacrifices and offerings. Now, we don't have the burnt offerings and sacrifices anymore. But there are things that you can do in, in Christian circles which make you look like you're a pretty good Christian. Going to Bible study or being involved in prayer groups or praise team. Church attendance and carrying a Bible with you or always having the Bible app on your phone. There are some things that we can do that to other Christians, we look like we've all got it all together. But God says to love God is greater than any of these things. He doesn't care about the religious practices as much as he does about love. If we're not loving, there's no point in doing the other things. The other things can come out of that love, and the other things help us develop that love for God and love for others. They're wonderful things. But to love should be above all. The greatest thing we can do for our kids is to love God and love others. The greatest thing we can do for our marriage is to love God and love others. The greatest thing we can do for our church is to love God and love others. The greatest thing we could do for our community is to love God and love others. So I just want to challenge and say, man, don't worry about all the self-help books out there. There are a lot of things out there telling you how to do better at what you're doing. I, uh, my, two of my girls are dancers. Okay? I am a Baptist, and so I'm not a dancer. Not that I don't love dance. You just don't want to see me tried. Okay? But one of my daughters today has given me a step-by-step -step instruction on how to do disco. So <laughs> I'm going to be breaking out some moves here uh, on the Sundays. We can learn how to do things better, okay? Um, so I can be having my cuppa and learning some dance moves at the same time. It's great. There are a lot of things out there to help us improve on things, right? But I want to say, don't worry about what society says you're doing wrong or you could do better. We could all do better. We know that. I thank God 
for men who are willing to stand up and be men, seeking to lead their families by loving God. We know that in today's society, especially, I think it is difficult. It is difficult for Christian men to just be Christian men and to try to serve faithfully, to lead by praying, to lead by that love of God. The most fun and innovative dad will still be mediocre at best compared to one who loves God. For you cannot truly love without fully knowing and experiencing the all-consuming and never-ending, forever faithful love of our God, our Father. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let's just pray. Dear God, I thank you and I praise you for the way that you love us, the way you lead us to love one another. Lord, we pray that not just the men here, but all of us as your church be challenged to love you more, to get to know you, to allow you to love us, to heal us, to restore us. And Lord, out of that love for you, help us to love others. Oh, how it will change our marriages. Oh, how it will change our family. Oh, how it can change our community when people experience your love. Lord, help us to love you with all of our heart and with all of our mind and with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with every fiber of our being. Help us to love you and to learn to love others out of that great love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.